welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Speak the language of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord to speak to you expressly. Let the teaching of the word revive you again and motivate you to become an effective soul winner. Lift your voice and pray in one minute. Teach us your word. Teach us your word, O God. We come under your watershed this morning, O God. Teach us your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering someone. So yes, last week I began teaching on the conversation. And I brought out three major problems that you encounter when you begin evangelism. And I promise to hit hard on the conversation itself today. So today I'm dealing with the subject, the conversation with the lost soul. The conversation with the lost soul. I'm going to move quite fast because I have to end it today. Because next week is a special Sunday service. So follow me right on. If at the end of the service you want the message, just go to the technical team. They will give it to you for free. Amen. How many of us attempted to talk to somebody this week about Christ? I'm sure I'll get less than 2%. Okay, the percentage. Lift it up. Let me see. Okay, so we are hovering around 6%. (laughs) Okay. I believe that as I teach this very one, you are going to move your effort to the next level. So the conversation with the lost soul, I'm I'm teaching, I'm not preaching. So you have to pay attention, write more, take notes. You are free to record, but don't go and use it against me as some media people do. Amen. Now the, the devil has left the world. He has come to church. So when pastors are preaching, then people are recording them and when they use examples, then they just pick it up. And without contest, they use it against them. Don't allow anybody to lure you into such trap because you leave a curse for your generations. Don't touch the anointed. Amen. Don't be tempted to do that. Now, when you study how Jesus treated people whom he conversed with or had engagement with, you will realize that Jesus connected to them before he connected them to him. 
Did you understand it? So he connected to them by their thoughts, by their ideology, by their feelings, and then he connected them to him. So that is one of the secrets of being an effective soul winner. You go in your identity, you metamorphose into their identity and you bring them back into your identity. So Jesus will interact with them, understand their level, understand where they are coming from and then he begins to migrate them to where he is coming from. He brought himself to understand their existing frames in order to connect to their heart, their intellect, and their feelings. So, if he was going to talk to a woman caught in adultery, he goes down, you know, the, 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 the woman was on the ground, so Jesus goes down and writes on the floor and then discharges her. And while she's going, he says, go and do what? Sin no more. So Jesus teaches us a very important strategy or skill or principle in soul winning. Where when Jesus was coming to win us, though he was God, he became. So he left his ultimate state of being God and became what? A man so that he can reach out to man. So, one of the secrets of becoming an effective soul winner is that when you go and meet the soul, you need to identify with them in order to bring them where you want them to be. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So, we see Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. Mark 10, 17 to 22. Give me a softer version today because I want to run. Okay, as Jesus was starting on his, on his way again, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? In this story, we are going to see one remarkable reaction you are likely to receive when you, win, when you go out to win a soul. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment. Do not commit murder. So he saw the man and realizes that the guy is a typical Jewish guy who might have obeyed all the law. So follow the reading. You know the commandment. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit murder. Do not steal. Do not accuse anyone falsely. Do not cheat. Respect your father and your mother. Teacher, the man said, ever since I was young, I have obeyed all these commandments. Okay. Jesus looked straight at him. So he has brought him to that level. He has leveled it. So he said, at him and loved. So he loved him and said, you need only one thing. Go and sell all you, you have and give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and follow me. So the old King James said, come take up your cross and follow me. So he identified with him where he was, brought him to where he is and taught him what he must do. When the man heard this, gloom spread over his face 
and he went away sad because he was very rich. When the Christian allows himself to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, when engaging the soul, you will see the results that will come out. It will be so amazing. You will be able to get deep into the person. See, the guy saw that what Jesus demanded was actually what he needed to do to be saved. Until you bring a man to the point where he realizes what he must do. He may come to church and never be saved. Are you following me? Until when the gospel comes to you, the only condition by which you, are, you, you become saved is that the message brings you to a point where you need to choose between light and darkness. Then you see the man say, I want to follow Jesus. I'm coming. Follow. So you need to start the conversations very mildly, very casual, very natural. Don't go and use big uh, apostles. I, I bless you. I bless you this afternoon. I, I, I've come with, in the name of the Lord to declare blessing. Or to, go very natural. Go very mild. Go very casual. Hallelujah. So you go and, and by that you allow the Holy Spirit space, time to work on the person until you get to the point. Because it's very difficult for me to, Jude, it will be very difficult for me to convince you on certain matters. Yes. All of us, we are very difficult when it comes to convincing on certain matters. Yeah. That is why you have been in church for five years, seven years. I have told you fornication is not good and you are still fornicating. It's very difficult. You see, you that you are even born again, eh? it's still very difficult for me to tell you that pay your tithe every month. And you are still struggling. It's the same way. You go out there to talk to someone. Don't think that the person is some foolish person or blank person that you go, give your life to Christ. Follow me, no. They will need to process it with their own principles they built over time. And that is why you cannot win a soul without your own skill. But you need to allow the Holy Spirit to work on the person. So don't start it at a level where maybe you are coming from the prayer room. Hey! The Lord wants you to be saved. I break every spirit of him. You are following me. No, no, no. You will miss it. So I'm teaching you how to have conversations and sometimes you will go and speak to somebody. You see, the man left. Very sad. The Bible didn't tell us whether he did it or he didn't do it. Maybe he left and now he's sad because he has realized that he's very rich. And it was his riches that gave him a name. And Jesus said, go and sell law and come. So he may go and consider and consider and consider and when he sells it, you see, that is the difference between the white Christian and the black Christian. When the white man says he's born again, he's born again. Yeah. There are not many in UK and Germany and all that, but when you go there and you meet a Christian, you meet a family, and they tell you that they are Christians, George, am I lying? When a family in US, a family in UK, a family in Italy, a family in Germany tells you that they are Christians. When you go to their family the house, you will see that these are Christians. But for the black man, you'll be confused. Are you here with me? Because we, don't, we are not brought to that point 
to see that no, I have to decide to follow Christ. Am I teaching at all? You must listen now. When you are engaging the soul, you must listen very carefully. Sometimes, oh, Pastor, and I say, oh, she come on. No, this is what you need. No, this is what we don't teach the church. And you see, when you meet a Muslim, they normally are more indoctrinated than us. They know what to do. That we don't know what to do. So we can face challenges and then we are missing in the kingdom. So when you meet there, when you are engaging the soul, be very mindful of respecting the soul. So pay attention to the soul. Look at the soul. Let the soul know that you are giving him attention. Don't go and be looking. Look at the person. Give the person attention. Let the person know that Charlie, you are in for business and you are giving him the respect. It is very disrespectful to talk to somebody and be looking elsewhere. So when you are engaging the soul, I'll show you why. Because as you are looking at the person and you are conversing with the person, you are communicating dignity. You are communicating precious time. I'm spending precious time with you. That's why when you are doing a vow on the altar as married couple, we say eyeball to eyeball. Because words without eye contact can be easily faked. Yeah. That is why it's difficult for you to look into somebody's face and lie. So those people who look into your face and lie, they are very dangerous. They are professionally crafted to be liars. Yeah. Give the Lord a clap off somebody. So immediately you get the soul in that mood. You've started engaging a lot of senses of the soul. The mind, the emotions, the intellect. Because you are paying attention. When you are wrapping that girl, were you not looking into her face? Eh? When the guy was wrapping you and he got to, I love you, then you blinked and you went down. Really? Yes, you. So there is always a point that you enter into the person by the attention. You can only win the heart of a woman when you give her attention. Are you here? Yeah. So you have to give the soul an attention in your soul winning. And when you get when 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 you get the person's attention into the spiritual topic, you will see that a window will open. So look at what Jesus did in John chapter 4, verse 10 to 12, and from 13 to 15, 10 to 12, quickly. He said, and Jesus answered, if you only knew what God, what God gives and who it is that is asking you for a drink. So the old King James says, if you know the gift of God and who is asking of this water, so you are talking, he's talking to the sinner or the soul. And instead, if you know, so he's trying to draw the attention of the soul into a spiritual matter. So when he said that, then the woman's interest came in. Verse 11. Say. So now it, it moved from, we are Samaritan, you are Jewish. No, now it moves to say. So the window in the woman started opening. If you don't do that, if you don't get those windows open, the soul will never, never come to the point of being saved. 
He said, sir, the woman said, you don't have bucket and the well. So the mystery of the gospel started rubbing on the heart of the woman. Her mind started getting being engaged. Hey, you don't have this and that. Where would you get that life-giving water? Number 12. It was your ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. He, he and his children and his flocks all drank from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? So now the woman has been exposed to hear what she must hear. A greater than Jacob was standing before her. I pray that God will anoint you as a marvelous and a wonderful soul winner for the kingdom of God. Receive the impartation and the wisdom to penetrate into the souls of men and bring them into the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Now, John chapter, 13, chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. Jesus answered, those who drink this water will get thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. So, because of time. So now Jesus has brought her. She asked, where will you? So let me give you an example. So um, I've gone for soul winning. I'm giving you another example. Last week I gave you an example. So you've gone for soul winning. You meet this guy. He said, oh, good afternoon, Mr. What's your name? Samuel. Asari, Mr. Asari, good afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, please, how are you? I'm fine. Please, how long have you been in this neighborhood? Oh, possibly. I've been here like three and a half years. Really? I've never met you. Oh, yeah, I've been around. Okay. Uh, Mr. Asari, have you? Have you? So, which, which lane, which of the streets do you live? Oh, on the Mango Lane. We, we are there, but I don't know you, so I can't show you my house security. So, okay, okay, that's fine. Have you, have you considered, since you came into the community, have you considered um, involving in spiritual things? Have you thought of spiritual things concerning your life? Oh, not really. Uh, my, me, myself, and my wife, we, we are always at home. I mean, we are fine. I work at uh, Tota Ghana and uh, we go to work and we relax. So we don't think about those things. <laughs> we, are, we are home. We are, we, are not, we are naturally home. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Sari, how, what to you, what is the greatest spiritual need a man in a man's life? I know you have social needs and if I ask you the greatest, you are likely to say marriage or academia, climbing. I know there's financial needs. So if I should ask you, Mr. Asari, what, is, what do you think that is the greatest spiritual need in a man's life? You see that he will just, he will just pause. And when you ask the question, wait for an answer. Wait for an answer. And I'll show you how to react to the answer if it's wrong. So you wait, and then Mr. Sari may say, and then they may call Bible school. That's um, greatest. Ah, the person should go to church. We should go to church. And we should be praying. And the person should be praying and doing good. Like, the person should be praying and going to church. Okay, then you have to step further. You must focus on the conversation. You must know why you are there. 
So you step further. So, okay. Don't mark the person. You are not a judge. So if you study Jesus on, you see that Jesus never answered directly any of her questions. He kept speaking what he came to say. But with the background of the answer. So you move forward. So what, what must a man do? Do you, I'm saying, I do you believe that there's life after death? Oh, yes, Matilda. Say if you die, they've seen ghosts and things. Eh? There's life. They look like there's life after death. Say, but you are you come from a village. You say, yes, you have ancestors. They pour libation, they mention. You say, yeah, so there's life after death. So okay, okay, Mr. Asari. What do you think that a man must do to have eternal life? Am I blessing somebody? Yeah. So what do you think that a man must do to have eternal life? You see that Mr. Asari is likely to pause and really start thinking and looking at you. So you will go like, so he may go like, most of the times, they will go like, the person must, you must be a good person. You must do good. That's what they will normally say. It has been documented statistically. You have to just do good. That's why, that is why somebody can come to church, okay? And maybe Prince will start dating her, Okay? And then later, Prince will find another person in the church. And he feels like he's falling in love with the person. And excuse me to say, Prince has slept with this one and slept with that one. Then this one gets to know. And Prince is an usher. Then this one gets to know. He says, ah, Christo, Nipa, no bet to me as a me free as a No call. Because in the mind of people, you have to do good to go to heaven. Did you understand the story? I should give you another one. If you understood, let me see. So that I don't repeat myself. Yeah. So the, the, the person is likely to say, he has forgotten that prince is not a spirit. Prince is a spirit having a soul living in a body. Just like him or her. Though what prince did is wrong, and there is provision in the world to correct that and re-edify and restore him, this person with the mind that you have to do good to go to heaven will leave that particular church and go. So this man on the road is likely to say that do good and go to heaven. Then you are on the platform to move it further again. Give the Lord a clap of friend. Now your duty now I have 20 minutes. Your duty now is to find out whether the person is a Christian. Yeah. I've heard people say, well, God has not called us to be Christians. It's a joke. It's a big joke. Yeah. Who is a Christian? It's a follower of Christ. So your, your deep calling is only Christians who go to heaven. Christian, the word Christian is not in the Bible. But it is only Christian. Christian is, a, is an English adjective now describing who they are talking about. So a Christian is a follower. You can say, oh, you don't need to be a follower. You must be a disciple. Okay, from followership, you move to discipleship. So you have to find out whether the person is a Christian. By that, I mean whether the person is a believer or a redeemed. 
So how do you do that without asking? You know, last week I was emphasizing that don't ask the person whether he's a Christian. Because when you ask the person, are you a Christian? The answer, 99.9%, yes, I am a Christian. Unless the person is really in another religion, whether a Buddhist, Islam, you just tell you that. We've gone for evangelism and the person told us, I am Islam. I don't listen to this. Thank you. He said, thank you. Why, 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 why? No. He said, thank you. Please have a nice day. Thank you. You go and meet them. I'm Jai Rastafari. Bless you. Have a nice day. Doesn't change anything. So now, how to find out whether the person is born again? The issue of eternal life must not be played with. Now you have moved from, hey, are you a Chelsea supporter? Are you a Manchester supporter? Where do you live? Those things were not the main thing why you met the man. Now you are, you are getting there. So you must now begin to engage everything and pay particular attention to the Holy Spirit. Most churches don't emphasize on salvation. They emphasize on church membership. We want more people in church. I also want, I really want more people in church. I want plenty of people. But the emphasis must not be on church membership per se. It must come from the point of salvation. Then these are engrafted into the church and then they become church members. Now, your body, Francis, get up. Your body is made up of many parts. Okay? Your body is made up of many parts. If your right leg, excuse me to say, gets a problem and they have to put on, they have to cut it. Else the whole body can get infected, septicemia, and then you will just die. So they may have to cut the leg and put an artificial leg. Why? Do you think that the artificial leg is more expensive than the natural leg? No. Do you think that the artificial leg is more sophisticated than the natural leg? No. But the reason they are replacing it is that the body must function, including that leg. So if people are added to the church, when they are not born again, you see that the health of the church will be affected. Sit down. Give the Lord a clap of it. The, the main point, the uniting force of the church is the point of salvation. I must be saved before I become a pastor. You must be saved before you become a church member. You must be saved before you can be part of the kingdom of God. Except a man is born again, he cannot enter. So the main point why you go for evangelism is not to make church members, but to make saints out of sinners. Amen. Amen. But you see, when you go out, what is happening nowadays is that when you go out and you meet people, you don't meet raw sinners. You meet people who have been some, in some church before, two or three churches before. So when you make a mistake and ask the question, do you go to church? You have ended your, you've, you frustrated your evangelism for that day. Yes, I go to church. You see that? No, I can't. Do you, are you a Christian? Yes. So that means, did you go effectively or not? That is why we have missed out on many souls. 
we must be careful the questions we ask. Don't ask the person, do you go to church? No. There are so many inactive members, inactive church members in the community. So Sunday you go, they are playing football. Sunday you go, some of them are using for joggings. Sunday you go in homes, they have gone to market and cassava is on fire now. Waiting to pound. And they are washing. Sunday morning we use for washing. Yeah, we've gone for evangelism and met them like that. And it is not a bad thing for them. And you cannot judge them. That is the life they live. So when you go and, and sometimes when you go for evangelism and somebody's washing, you can help the person to wash. The person is drying things. You can engage the person whilst you are talking. Are you here? I didn't say men should go and be washing panties and brassiers. And when they, they, they ask you, so my pastor said, and so is and so. So I, I've come, hey, please. You are on your own. Tell somebody you're on your own. Give the Lord a mighty clap of faith. It could be said, oh, that no crap pastor preacher. See, I'm going to see you. You see you. Before you realize it is, it is in news, the pastor who teaches his members to wash braziers and panties of women. <laughs> now, without asking the direct questions, you should be able to find out whether the person is a Christian or not. I know you are all eager to hear what I have to say. I have 15 minutes. Instead of asking a man if he is a Christian, ask him what he thinks a Christian is. Did you understand that one? So instead of asking the person, are you a Christian? No. Don't ask Mr. Sari that question. Ask Mr. Sari, what do you think a Christian is? If you can find out what a man thinks you must do, to become a Christian, you will know whether the person is a Christian or not. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yes. If you want to find out whether somebody is a medical doctor and you ask the person, which, of the med- which school did you go? What did you do to become a doctor? Oh, I went to Ghana Institute of Journalism. Straight up, you know that this one is not a medical doctor. You meet a lawyer and say, I am a lawyer. Hey, so what did you do to become, I want to become a lawyer. What did you do? Oh, I went to Ghana Cultural Association of Ghana and then to, went to learn dontology and say, ah, you, you are not. This is not what you do to become a lawyer. So you ask the person, how do you become a Christian? It's, it's, it's likely most of them are going to say, do good. Do good. So, cleanliness is next to godliness. Be neat, be nice, respect people. He said, A Christian is neat, a Christian is nice. That's why you come to church and the member is seated by you. You have used perfume. He doesn't have money to buy perfume. Because of that, the next time you see this brother sitting here, you go and sit there. Because in your mind, you think that. A Christian 
must be wearing Giorgio Armani. Are you with me? So you ask the person, how, do, how, how does a man become born again? Or who does he think a Christian is? Find out from the soul what he thinks you must do to go to heaven. With those answers, you realize that the person is either a Christian or not. I'm going to end the service with reading some scriptures. It's a very unique way of ending this message. Amen. You see, faith is trusting in God and what he has done for you. And that is the only base a man becomes born again. Trusting in God and trusting in what he has done for you. You can never, no man, record this and write it down. No man can take credit for his salvation. Jesus did it all. No man can take credit for the salvation of man because Jesus is the one that made it happen. So if the person is saying that, oh, a Christian must have good morals, a Christian must not drink, a Christ- it's true. It's true. So when the person is saying it, don't say it is wrong. So I'm, 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 I'm teaching you how to get to the person. So the person says, oh, a Christian must not drink, a Christian must not sleep around, a Christian must not go to nightclub, a Christian must not disrespect the father. Oh, like the man who came to Jesus, it's good. And Jesus loved him for saying that. Did you see that? The, the Bible said Jesus loved him because he has met somebody who is walking in good morals and somebody attempting to love God, but it was in the wrong way and with the wrong ideology. Something comes before these ones. Because Satan can appear as light, but he is not light. So when the person says, they say, oh, it is good. It is good. Okay, do you know something? You know, you know, you know, let me say this. There is no child of God who is not a child of grace. Every child of God knows that he is saved or she is saved by grace. If you don't know that, then you are not saved, technically. It's a feeling and it's a knowing. And it's a mindset that every born again Christian has. I am saved by grace. Because you know the level of your weaknesses. Left to you alone, you cannot save yourself. Not even your dog. Yeah. When a snake is chasing your dog, you run away to your hole. Your dog, right? You can't save. If a snake, a dog is chasing your daughter, you can't even chase the dog. What? Ah! You, you, also, you even run and leave the child. Every Christian knows that he's born again. He's saved by grace. So if a man begins to say, I am saved because I do this. I am saved because I bought something for church. I am saved because I did this for... The person is not born again. So you don't say it's wrong, blah, 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 blah. You have to know what you are saying is wrong. It will end in argument. That is why you have met a lot of argument on the road. Because you were not wise, period. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Today you have received knowledge. I said today you have received knowledge. I said today you have received knowledge. Don't be quick to say no to their comments. Because what they know is what they are saying. So when it gets to that point, you say, my dear Mr. Sari, 
I want, do you believe that God, God oh yes, yeah, do you, let's go into God's word and get to know what it means. Let's, let's look at three or four scriptures and let's settle the matter on this. Whether, how do you become born? How do you have eternal life? Statistics and research have shown that out of thousand people, only four people will say no at this point. If you have brought thousand people to this point and you say, let's go to scriptures to confirm, statistics shows that only four will say no. So now, let's look at scriptures and then we end the teaching. Have you been blessed? May the Holy Spirit anoint you to become effective soul winners in the name of Jesus. Next week, I see you coming in with your souls. I see you coming in with your souls. Your account in heaven is going to be credited with some souls. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering someone. So the first scripture, we're going to move very fast. A soft version. Acts chapter 16 verse 30 to 31. Very fast. Acts chapter 16 verse 30 to 31. He led them out. So this was after Paul and Silas have been miraculously delivered from the prison and other prisoners have run away and, and all that. So he said, so he led them out of the jail and asked, says, what do I have to do to be saved? To really live. So you are living. If you are not born again, you are living, but you are dead. 31. They said, put your entire trust in the master, Jesus. Then you will live as you were meant to live. And everyone in your house included. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. I'm ending the message with scriptures. Write them down. You will need them. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from, from start to finish. I think give me the KJV for these scriptures. I'm comfortable with those ones. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Yeah. So salvation is a pure act of grace. Pure act of grace, not our works. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Am I correct? Yes. You should know this scripture. It should be on your lips. So Romans chapter 6 verse 2, it should be on your lips. For the wages, so as you are reading it to Mr. Asari, okay, in a softer version, to NLT, let's see what is happening. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ. So the gift of God can only be given through Christ Jesus, not any other man. You establish it here. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you should remember Romans 6, 23, Romans 3, 23. It should be on your lips. So all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Write them down. You need them. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. John 3, 16 to 17. John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. So to be saved, 
you see the emphasis. Put your trust in God, believe in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So there is no other man that brings salvation except the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. You should be writing because if I had given the revelation, you would have written. This is the best revelation you need. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe in the gospel. John chapter 14 verse 16. John 14 16. Look at this scripture. And I will pray the father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. It, it's only through Christ that you can receive the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot go to heaven. So you can only be saved by your belief in this man called Jesus Christ. Let no televangelist confuse you. Let no common sense one, one, one movement confuse you. Let nothing confuse you. It is Christ that brings salvation to man on earth. Hallelujah. John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundant and that is eternal life. John 10 10. John 17 3. Last but one scripture. And this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God such a statement tells you that there are false representation of God the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent yes. so the only man God sent to save humankind is Jesus Christ finish no other person. Jesus. So, Mr. Saris, listen to you. You are bringing him to all the answers he gave. He will mark himself. Are you here with me? The last one, which is very critical to the salvation process of a man. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Give me the NLT version of this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Are you here? Yes. And I'm trusting God that all of us here listening to this message, you yourself, you will now be confident that you are saved. Because you cannot win a soul when you don't know that you are saved. You cannot win a soul when you are not saved. An unbeliever cannot win a soul. He said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he is the son of God, that he came to die for you, then will you be saved. May the Lord empower you May the Lord strengthen you. Rise up on your feet, somebody. 
God is calling us to be so winners. I want you to lift your two hands and in one minute, in 90 seconds, I want you to talk to God, that Lord, give me a passing for that lost sister, for that lost brother, for that man who is where I used to be. Oh Lord, give me a passing to reach out to that person. Talk to God, Spirit of God, impart into me zeal, impart into me strength, impart into me wisdom. I receive the wisdom of the soul winner. I receive the passion of the soul winner. I receive the fire of the soul winner. I receive the anointing of the soul winner. I receive the blessing of the soul winner. We break every chain of resistance. We break cages that are holding the souls of men. We declare the scales on the eyes of men that is preventing them from seeing the gospel. Let them be removed. We declare the conviction of the Holy Spirit into the community. We declare righteousness shall be exalted. We pray for that man who has given up in life. We pray for that woman who has given up in life. We pray for that prostitute. We pray for that drunkard. We pray for that church member who has deserted the Lord. We call them back into the kingdom of the Lord. We decree and we declare let the harvest angels of the Lord invade the community, invade homes, invade shops, invade the street and as we speak the word of the Lord, may the Lord confirm his word with signs and wonders in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.